I hosted Tony's 60th birthday party and I said, Tony, what's the most important thing you ever learned? And he said, life is happening for us. On this episode of the Introverted Iconoclast, we welcome Clint Arthur, the original celebrity entrepreneur. Not only a prolific author, but also a charismatic orator, Clint has forged a formidable reputation that has empowered him to rub shoulders with the elite. But as with any notable success, controversy is sure to follow. From defying the effects of mass formation psychosis to amazing advice from Mike Tyson, our conversation is not one to miss. Hey, Clint, how are you? Phenomenal. Thank you. Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well. Thanks for making the time today. Sure. Looks like you're in a beautiful place based on the the masonry outside behind you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is inside. This is in my master bedroom here at one of my two villas in Mexico. Oh, very nice. Well, it's great to meet you. And, uh, you know, we had a, a wonderful brief chat before this, just uh, getting to know each other a little better. And um, as I told you, I'm fascinated by your background. You know, I think that I'm always intrigued. Um, you know, the name of my podcast is The Introverted iconoclast, which is that, contra you know, contradiction in terms. And by all def by all standards, you would appear to be like a very much of an extrovert from the look of it. Right. But I'm no. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm really an introvert. I really, really am because yep, nobody's paying my mortgage and I got to make it happen. And that's why I do <laughs> stuff that takes me out of my comfort zone all the time. Awesome. And, you know, that's one of my main philosophies is life begins at where your comfort zone ends. Uh, I totally agree. Totally agree. That's exactly the premise for what I was getting at is desiring to make great change, but not really sort of eager to ruffle feathers or uh, upset people or you know, <laughs> that's, that's not going to work out very often for folks that, that want to make big changes. Man, I, I ruffle feathers all the time, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you. No, that, that makes sense. Well, that's great. People, people don't like what I do a lot of times. People have a problem with what I do because I push the envelope so much. But well, it's effective. Know, screw them is what I say. It's yeah. like I, I would rather apologize later than ask permission first. Yeah, that's that's one of the key philosophies. And then the, number two is like, look, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not doing anything wrong. I, I just I believe one of my concepts is a book I'm writing called The Golden Balloon. Mm -hmm. I believe in painting a picture of a golden balloon, and then your customers and prospects are going to put onto that golden balloon all kinds of visions of grandeur. They're always going to look at that golden balloon and think more of you and your accomplishments than you think of your accomplishments. Right. And the key is not to pop the golden balloon. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a very good philosophy. And you know, what's interesting about what you just said um, you know, in the world we're in today where media is being finally unfurled for the sort of farce that it is in many cases, why anyone like yourself or, you know, in my former career soliciting intelligence for my clients using very interesting tactics that people would consider questionable. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, these were the biggest companies in the world that were asking me to do things like that so they could win at business. That same deal. I don't know why there's such a demonizing of that when it's the way of the world. Competition's brutal. You have to find ways around 
those challenges. All's fair in love and war. Right. And we, we are living in a war right now. Mm -hmm. It is a brutal, bloody life and death struggle that's going on right now for survival. Right. And you need to be able to stand out and to stand above your competition, your customers and your prospects. If you want to have a chance of surviving, let alone thriving in this right. world. So right. I help my, as the wall street journal said, I am a charismatic marketing impresario who helps his clients stand out. Right. And the, the key is, is that, you know, for some reason, don't, don't lie. <laughs> don't, li don't lie. You know, I, I don't lie in anything that I do. I just do stuff that's aggressive. And right. I, I tell all my clients, don't lie about the stuff that we do. When we speak at the Harvard Club of Boston for, the, for an event sponsored by the Entrepreneurship Students Club of Harvard Business School, don't say that you're speaking at Harvard Business School. Mm -hmm. right. There's a subtle difference there, but one that matters a lot. Sure. If you're, and, you know, I, I've, I helped about 300 of my clients to speak at the Harvard Faculty Club for events sponsored by the Entrepreneurship Students Club of Harvard Business School. But that wasn't enough for some of them. They had to say they spoke at the Harvard Business School. Right, right. That's, they felt like that was, that was going to get the attention. That's what they felt, I assume. What, it's not enough? Well, that they what felt I, no, no, no. I'm saying that those students felt they had to say Harvard Business School definitively for them to get that credence or credibility among their listeners. Was that the issue? Was that the reason you think that they felt it was not enough? I think that, look, a lot of people say, you know, are the things that you do real? Everything I do is as real as you are. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I think there are some people who feel that they are not enough. And if you don't feel you're not enough, if you feel you're not enough, then speaking at the Harvard Faculty Club for an event sponsored by the Entrepreneurship Students Club of Harvard Business School is not enough. You got to lie and say it's something else when it's not. It is what it is. And, you know, I've, I've made a lot of money having spoken at the Harvard Faculty Club for events sponsored by the Entrepreneurship Students Club of Harvard Business School. Those events happened and everything is what it is. And I made a lot of money from that. And I've helped a lot of people, a lot of clients have more impact, influence and income. Don't pop the golden balloon. Don't lie. That's right. a couple of my precepts right there. Yeah. Well, no, and it makes sense. I mean, I think that what was really fascinating so I can relate to this because when people ask me how we were able to get some of the information that we were able to get, and, you know, I explain what social engineering is with some of the people that we would target. You know, it sounds very malicious, right? By nature, you're zeroing in on a target, that mark that is to associated with the target. It, we know everything about where they're going to lunch, dinner, drinks, habits, gyms. So we can then happen to have a conversation with them at the right time. They're happily sharing the information with us when we get to know them. Now, how we use the information that we get was maybe what was considered challenging, but to be perfectly honest, we were very open about how we did it. And people could not, they couldn't absorb that. They were very thrown off. That's why I shifted primarily to counter Intel as well. I was like, all right, fine. I'll help you defend yourself against teams like this that are doing it. But I, but I, it's interesting because what you're doing is getting above the noise. I think that's the thing that, uh, you, you're bringing up, you have to have an impact. You have to be aggressive. 
because if you're not, you just get drowned out. I mean, we look, see I'm not doing I'm not doing yeah. anything that people haven't been doing for a long time. I just have right. found ways to make stuff happen faster and more of a guaranteed basis than a lot of people have been used to doing. Like, how do you have a best-selling book? Well, you know, that's that's not something that used to be able to be guaranteed. I guarantee it. How do you how do you get on TV? How do you book yourself on TV news and talk shows? How you know, I've been I've been on TV news and talk shows for my self-published, self-illustrated children's book. There's nothing that's a lower status animal in the publishing world than a self-illustrated, self-published children's book, right? That's right. a pure vanity project. And I haven't sold a lot of copies, but I'll tell you what, it's got me on TV in Chicago, in San Diego, in Las Vegas. And one day it'll get me on some really, really big shows. Sure. And that's the whole purpose of these books. You know, What I have done is I have identified five and a half things that celebrity entrepreneurs that's what i call it like tony robbins you know who tony robbins is oh absolutely yeah okay you think he's somebody right sure he's he's he's, he's known i should put it that way he's somebody that's made a name for himself and he's become a guru that i think most people recognize i would assume you think most people would recognize him when in fact less than one half of one percent of people know who tony robbins is i can show you plenty of videos of Starbucks baristas and CVS clerks and bank tellers. And I say, what do you think of Tony Robbins? And they say, Tony who? Interesting. And yet, I think he's somebody special. In fact, when I got an email from Tony's team that said, if you donate $25,000 to Tony's favorite charity, you can be the host of his 60th birthday party. It took me less than 60 seconds to press the button and put in my credit card. Mm -hmm. And right. I hosted Tony's 60th birthday party. And I said, Tony, what's the most important thing you ever learned? And he said, life is happening for us. <laughs> I think I, I think it is. I mean, my yeah. wife and I, when, when it became two weeks to slow the spread, I said to my wife, baby, do you want to go back to our apartment on the 13th floor in Midtown Manhattan? Or do you want to go to our loft in L.A., which we hate because Los Angeles sucks? Or do you want to rent a house in Arizona or Florida or someplace we don't know anything about and go sure. there? Or do you want to go to our favorite resort in Mexico and turn this into a vacation? And those two weeks to slow the spread was a great vacation that became four and a half months in various rented villas in Mexico in our favorite city. And we bought a villa here. And now we bought a second villa. And, you know, I figured... Rather than live at ground zero of this war in yeah. midtown Manhattan or Los Angeles, which are really the main targets and the main, the main fighting grounds of the war that's going on right now, that we would take some stress out of our lives and live in our favorite resort and be living a vacation the whole time. So right. here's the worst thing that happened to everybody. Two weeks to slow the spread and the whole the whole you know, everything that's been happening in the last two years has been the best thing that's ever happened to us. Right. Right. Absolutely. No. And, and you, you really have zeroed in on something important. So yesterday I was watching, and I think we all have been watching this, you know, this buzzword now that's floating around mass formation psychosis. It can't, it's it, Google literally changed the definition of it in real time based on how many searches were happening about it. I don't know if you heard about that. It's pretty crazy. It just shows the, the manipulation of the system, right? Which blew my mind that one but what i find fascinating was the first parameter to have that happen was isolation 
And guys like you, myself, other friends of mine did the complete opposite. We used it as a launching pad to change. And I already had a lifestyle that was sort of adapted for this. You know, I live at home. I work from home. I have an office, but I rarely go to it. I can do everything from my laptop and my phone. And I've sold a company literally where I had team members and never met each other until the acquisition was over. Yep. There you go. There's your office right there. And so many people ask that question, my friend, like, how do you get, and so you've done exactly what everyone that has suffered the ills of this pandemic. I don't mean literally the ills, but I'm talking about the isolation, the, the, the sort of distancing from everyone to, to, to break those, those ties that bind. You went the opposite direction, which I think is fascinating. I think people. And, okay. What I was in search of was freedom and the ability to live my life on my own terms. Yeah. That's what I, I, I you know what? I, I should show you this coin. I'm going to show you this coin. Sure. Hold on one second. Yeah, no problem. So I, you know, like business cards. You have any business cards? You have business I do. cards? I do. I have business okay. cards. I have metal ones made too. Funny enough that that might be what you're talking about, which is hilarious. I got to pick one up and show it to you. Yeah. I have it right here. I'll show you in a minute. Because, you know, I try to do everything different. Yeah. And one, one of the things that I've done is this business card. Where is it? Yeah. Is it a metallic have, business card? Is it like one of those circular ones? You know what a challenge coin is? Actually, hold on. Let me grab mine. <laughs> here you go. Got it. Yep. All right. Here's my challenge coin. This is my business card. That's awesome. And it says freedom, power, and adventure. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. That's my company. That's my business card right there. Yeah. Yep. What's on the back? It has, uh, I'll read it to you and then I'll show it to you. It says accuracy, actionability, vigilance, and infiltration. And that's on the backside. Sorry, the light's not very good, but you can probably tell. Yeah. There you go. That's you go. cool. So yep. is that like, mine's about the size of a silver dollar. Yeah, mine's slightly larger. We got two sets and we made them, we made the challenge coins and then we actually made very thin, they're metal, but they're, they're, they're thinner for like a business card purpose. So you could put it in a wallet and yeah. uh, pick those up. But yeah, I think that's, so yeah, I think we're probably going to say the same things, but I want to hear your story about that. Did it make an impact? Okay. So, now, now the fascinating thing is that everything on this coin, I made these in 2011. 11 or 12 and everything on this coin is valid today it right. says freedom power and adventure that's what i live my life for i want freedom to do yeah. whatever i want i want the power to make stuff happen and i want to live a life of adventure Most and but it, it says entrepreneur see one of my mentors said if you could dominate any search term on google what would you want it to be and i said <laughs> entrepreneur now that one is too big but yeah. you know what's fascinating is that I invented this thing called celebrity entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. If I just add that word celebrity, now you got a fresh front of entrepreneur. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm ranking on page one in Google for the term celebrity entrepreneur. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And how many people? And, how many people glommed onto that and and rode your coattails with that term? Out of curiosity. You know, I got, I've, I've worked with about 2000 author, speakers, coaches, experts of all different kinds and a lot of cybersecurity guys, mm -hmm. like we were saying. Right. And, you know, some of them, some of them do it, but you know, for me, it makes more sense because I sell, so it's a double entendre for me. I am a celebrity entrepreneur and I also sell celebrity entrepreneurship 
transformation experiences. Like I took a bunch of people to speak at the London Stock Exchange with Nigel Farage and at the Royal Society of Medicine and mm -hmm. Oxford and Cambridge. That's mm -hmm. part of celebrity entrepreneurship. You know, right. I help people to get on TV with my celebrity launchpad transformation experience where you come to the implementation event and learn how to book yourself on TV. And then I bring right. in my friends who are producers at ABC, NBC, CBS and Fox and you book yourself on the shows. And right. I guarantee you're going to book at least three TV appearances and you get your money back. That's celebrity entrepreneurship where I'm because going on TV, all celebrity entrepreneurs go on TV. If you don't go on TV, you're not really a celebrity. You may right. be a YouTube star. You right. may be an Instagram influencer, but you're not a celebrity because celebrities go on TV. That's one of the five and a half things that celebrities do. That, so that makes for me, it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. But so I wanted the freedom. And, I, you know, I remember when they said the State Department advises all Americans return to the United States. You remember seeing imagery of all these people jammed into reception halls at Chicago O'Hare Airport with no social distancing and no masks. Yep. You know, it was just a super spreader event. And when I saw that, that's when I started hunting for my first villa to rent down here in Mexico, because yep. I'm not going to do, first of all, I don't believe anything that, that any government agency says anymore in the United States government, I just don't believe them. We've been lied to for yeah. political purposes. You know, they're, they're captured. So I just don't, I don't believe anything they say. I believe the opposite of what they say. And I try to do the opposite of what they do. So we've been looking for ways to continue the freedom and, and power of our lifestyle. And so now we bought this villa, which this is an eight bedroom villa that sleeps 16 people. And I, I've had, 11 seminars that I've hosted down here. I've got two more happening in February and I got two more happening in April where clients are flying down here to attend my seminar, paying me many, many thousands of dollars because I'm a high priced expert coach and consultant. And they come down here and have an amazing luxury workation at the villa. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, and awesome. more, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's, so one thing I would ask, which I think is interesting that people I'm, I'm sure would be keen to hear. So I'm, I've got another podcast with Jordan Harbinger who, who, and I'm sure you know him. He, he's he got, spoke, he spoke at my first Harvard event. Did he really? Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, he's, a, he advocates a very similar purely from the, the networking piece. He's on the, the go network. That's the key thing, you know, at least from what I've seen of the other things that he's put out. But with you, I think what's fascinating is how, and I know you've asked, been asked a million times getting in cahoots with those celebrities, how you get them to attend some of these things, how you're able to be next to them in a way that you're able to leverage their celebrity to benefit your own. How are you able to do that? And what, what gave you that, that start? It's a fascinating thing because I was going to say money, but it's not just money. You have to right. be somebody. See, these people can work with anyone they want or not. They, they can do anything they want to do or right. don't want to do. Right. You know, I, I've been told that uh, like, I work with this agent who books a lot of these celebrities for my events. Mm. And I said, I'm interested in, um, what's his name? Prince William, you know, oh, who's yeah. the one who's married, who's the one who's married to that terrible Hollywood chick. What's her name? Oh, uh, it is, it is Prince. An is it and not, an no, Andrew's the one in trouble with the whole, FD. yeah, he's the one in trouble. <laughs> yeah. The redheaded one. It's Harry. William. Ha oh, Harry, Harry. Harry. Right. Harry, right? Harry. I said, uh, um, what about Prince Harry? Can I get him? And he goes, I made him an offer for half a million dollars that he turned down. 
Interesting. So when you work, when you're trying to work with these people, and I've worked with some of the biggest, I've worked with Dr. Oz and Martha Stewart and Ice T and Caitlyn Jenner and Suzanne Summers. And it, it's not only about the money with these people. Mm -hmm. They don't want to work with people they don't want to work with. Who do they want to work with? They want to work with people who are somebody. They want right. They're not just looking for a paycheck, although I, maybe they are more. I mean, you know, things are not what they used to be. Sure. But, you know, we, we had Dog the Bounty Hunter at our recent event. We had Nigel Farage at our event. And it's a combination of money, yes, but also who you are and what you're doing and where you're doing it. Because if there's value in it, like, you know, when I hired Caitlyn Jenner to come and speak at my event at the Harvard Club of Boston, I think the venue had something to do with her saying yes. Sure. Yep. Yeah. It's all the factors. Well, I know I, that Suzanne Summers loved it. I mean, when Suzanne yeah. Summers spoke at my event at the Harvard Faculty Club, she's like, oh my God, Chrissy goes to Harvard? That's incredible. Because <laughs> that was her dumb blonde character on Three's Company, Chrissy. God, I remember that. Yeah. No, and, and I think, you know, you brought up a good point about being in Mexico. It's it's making use of your environments. Like, for example, my wife and I have a place in Maui. Haven't been back since the pandemic, unfortunately, but we, we need to get back there and we need to leverage it to do exactly what you're talking about. We need to make that part of the equation for these types of conversations. It's taking all the factors we have and, and leveraging them. Yeah. You, you mentioned taking all the things that we have. I say you got to use everything you've got to get yeah. everything you want. And if you're pulling any punches in today's day and age, you really don't get it. I mean, I've met two heavyweight boxing champs, Mike Tyson. I said, Mike, what's the most important thing you ever learned? He said, stay humble. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> you know, he doesn't pull any punches, but yeah. at the same time, you got to keep your feet on the ground and stay humble in this world. And then uh, Evander Holyfield, I said, champ what's the most important thing you ever learned he said i can do all things through he who powers me you know he's a very religious person but that's basically saying you know anything is possible you know if you believe sure so you know yes you got to use everything you've got now unfortunately maui is a, di is a difficult situation maui is not quite as free of an environment yeah. as mexico mexico is more free that's right no, 100% correct. And at the time, pre-pandemic, it was the most perfect thing for the right caliber of individual I could draw out there to have, you know, and again, I wasn't doing this then. I was in the throes of getting uh, another company started. But now that I'm doing this, it's an interesting thing to, I'm looking at things through a new perspective. So everything you're saying is resonating because I'm like, yeah, if I use my locations, I'm in Texas, for example, of in the U.S., of the places to probably give people some latitude. This is probably one of the better places. I agree. I'm, I'm speaking at a conference in Dallas, February three, four, five. Interesting. Know? Yeah. It seems like the only places to have conferences these days are Florida. Everybody's having conferences in Florida, right? Yeah. Nashville and Texas. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, pretty much it's, it. It's, it's crazy how quickly everything's changed. Honestly, when you look at it, um, what a what an amazingly, you know, the, the conspiracy theories wrapped around it are fa fascinating. I'm sure you uh, how have you seen an influx in Mexico of of a shift of a lot of people of a similar mindset to you that you're like, are you having dinner with friends now that all share a similar mindset? Are you finding a lot? No, no, okay. no, no. I, I think that people are afraid. 
Yeah. The majority of people are afraid. I can't tell you how many people are telling me, uh, I, I'm not traveling until the Omicron variant variant is over. I'm not traveling until the pandemic is over. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. A lot of people are not doing because they're, yeah, they're waiting to live. Exactly. They're trying to survive until they can live again. And you know, my whole thing began way back at a campfire in 2008, October of 2008, the world was melting down and I'm at the men's self-help campfire and the shaman goes, you don't know it yet, but you're already dead. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I'm the most successful guy on this team. Eight years ago, I was driving a taxi. Now I'm a millionaire. I was living on a little boat. Now I live in a mansion. You're already dead. You just don't know it. And I didn't understand what the hell this guy was talking about. It would wake me up out of a sound sleep in the middle of the night for months. I'm already dead. What does he mean? And it came to be (laughs) New Year's Day of 2009. And I woke up and asked myself a question inspired by the shaman and said, if this was going to be the last year of my life, what would I want to accomplish? And that question has taken me all the way from living like I was already dead and just not knowing it to living my dreams. Mm -hmm. And it took me all the way to the Today Show. When I was on the Today Show, Brooke Shields and Willie Geist interviewed me and they said, hey, you ask yourself a great question every year. What's that question? And I said, if this is going to be the last year of life, what would you want to accomplish? That helped me to break my fear, procrastination, and doubt. And that's what everybody's got right now, fear and doubt. And definitely procrastination, different kind of procrastination. This is a deliberate procrastination. Like, well, I'd like to do it, but I'm not because I want to stay safe here in my house. Yeah, I want to, I'll, I'll, I don't want to wear the face diaper, but I will because I need to, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's, they, they rely on it. Not, they claim it's not self-imposed because there's a authority Im- implying or, or dictating the rules here. And yeah. they use that as their crutch and it's sad. Um, no, that's, that's fantastic. But I know we're coming up on some time here, but Clint, it's funny. You brought up something really interesting. Um, sounds like you might be an expert, totally reader power of now kind of stuff have you read any of that got into you know i fell asleep in the beginning of that book and never (laughs) went back to it i find him to be a boring speaker and um you know i guess his concepts are amazing because oprah says they are but you know yeah Yeah. well now only purely purely the title of the book i mean you know for all intents and purposes that whole concept of living now rather than waiting to live concept that we're talking about here yeah you know, he gets to some of that in there yeah he's, it's, it's esoteric there's a little bit of a you know but i'm definitely in, i'm definitely in favor of living now 100 yeah. percent. i do everything now because i find there's so many emails coming that if i don't right. respond to your email now right i'm not going to remember to respond to your email i do yeah. everything right now if somebody exactly. says hey let's get them uh let's try and call that person i call them right Right. No, I agree completely. So one last thing before we head out here. Um, I, I have asked this question funny enough among friends just to see what they would say. And because, uh, you know, there's all the kinds of questions of, you know, what would you do if you weren't scared, all that? Not None of that. I'm curious on if you could eradicate one law, what would it be? Well, that's fascinating because so many mandates yeah. are not really laws anyway. 
I know, right? It's funny. It's taken a whole new life since th things have happened because people are relating to the immediacy. But yeah, it's, it is a fascinating one that I have a lot of friends think about going, damn. Because then I ask a follow-up, which is what law of nature would you remove if you had the option to do that? Okay. That the, the law that I would eradicate is yeah. the law saying that the Federal Reserve is allowed to print the money for the United States of America. That's what I hell of a lot, my friend. That would solve it. It really would. Lot. Yeah, I, it's unbelievable that we live under that kind of monopoly tyranny. Yeah. Tyranny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, beyond monopoly. You're right. You're right. I don't, a law of nature that I would eliminate would be gravity. I would love to be able to fly. <laughs> that's, that's a good, yeah, it's so funny. It's so universal that answer. I'll tell you, it's fantastic. But the Federal Reserve one, that one is new, and I like that one. That's one of my favorites. So. Well, this has been absolutely awesome, Clint. Thank you so much for the time. I'm inspired, and I have to come down there and see you, man. Uh, and if you're up in, in Dallas, let me know. Yeah, I will be there. I'm at an entrepreneurial conference, three, four, and five. I'll, I'll hit you with the details after this. Right. Hey, people, if you liked any of my stories, I have this book. It's nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. It's called Wisdom of the Men. And I put my whole life into this book, and that's why it's nominated. And it's an amazing read, and it's really amazing on Audible. Oh, I narrate, nice. the, I narrate the book on Audible. Just about to ask you if you can get a, um, you know, an audio version of it, uh, either on Audible or on, uh, you know, Apple uh, Books or iBooks or whatever. So, yeah, that'd be yeah. good. Obviously, Amazon's a, a good place to get. Yeah. That. Hey, you got those credits. I know I got seven credits. Looking for something to crack them off to. So, you know, <laughs> use your Audible credit and get this book, and you'll really like it. Th thank you so much for the time, and we'll uh, we'll definitely be in touch soon. All right. Thanks, Kareem. Take care. Bye-bye.